Okay, so as I record this, um, we've just entered the sort of second lockdown. And I guess for most people, it's causing some difficulties in the life, causing stress, causing anxiety and all those things. And there's also highly likely there's a high percentage of people that still don't really understand how to cope with that or that there are things that can help them. Maybe they're from a different generation or or whatever. And a lot of things like coping mechanisms in these times, it, they're, all, they're not new information. It's just things that people forget about. And um, so I thought I'd do uh, an episode on sort of some coping mechanisms during these times. And again, some are obvious ones, some are not so obvious. And yeah, so hopefully um, it might help some people out there, I guess. So first coping mechanism um, is talking. So a lot of people t- say say this, it's you just talk to someone about what's going on and things like that. But the reality is it's, it's not that simple. Often everyone else is busy and you you call, you try calling them up, and it's it's not the right time, or um, something like things like that, and it becomes quite difficult. So, talking might not necessarily be the best option, but it it not doesn't have to be necessarily be with someone else. So, for example, I've openly said that talking on this podcast is a bit like a, a little bit of a therapy for me, and. Sometimes people feel a bit more comfortable doing that, sort of, I guess, talking to themselves, really, having um, themselves pep talks and things like that. Other ways you can sort of express yourself um, like that is for things like blogging. So, again, people might not feel that comfortable actually talking, but if they're talking it out loud and putting it into a blog or a voice note or whatever, then that is a way, again, another release, a way of it coming out. Um, and potentially a way that can help you deal with things. If you do want to stick down the talking route, what you, I'd recommend a good tip is if you obviously found someone that is willing to talk to you and that you trust, then schedule in a time so they've got your attention, basically. So wherever that time may be, if you know they don't work on a Sunday or whatever, a Sunday evening, something where you know they're... If you let them know that you need their help and you want to talk to them and they're probably more inclined to to make that time for you and sort of and, and guess help you I guess so if you let them know look there's something I need to talk about are you, are you free on this particular time more than likely they'll, they'll, they'll make the time for you and they'll definitely have your full attention then so yeah I guess talking number one number two again is hydration so this is something that again we all really know but we all Seemed a lot of people seem to neglect, and it's been changing over over time. But two liters a day seems to be the sort of the go-to thing. I'd say between two, two and a half is sort of a minimum you should really be drinking. And just through personal experience, I think it can make a, a big difference. Um, often, if we're we're not hydrated, we can we can our mood can really really sort of be quite volatile. So if you can try and fit in to at least two liters a day, then. I, I think that can definitely help with the, your outlook on what, what things, uh, how things are going. A tip, quick tip on hydration. So, I mean, I use a 750ml bottle that I refill and I try and aim for three of those a day. And if I, if I just have the bottle with me at all times, 
I find I'm more inclined to uh, to obviously drink it. If it's not near me, then then chances are it sort of gets overlooked. Um, as well as having it sort of in the morning, so if it's by bedside table full up, um, it's the first thing you do in the morning is, is take a few cups of water. You're more likely to continue that trend. So you're setting a setting a, a precedent for the day, really. Okay, right. Moving on to the next one, uh, exercise. So again, another obvious thing. We we know that we should have exercise that helps our helps our mental health. But people think just because they haven't done a massive amount of exercise, like them being in the gym for an hour or whatever, that somehow that doesn't any other exercise doesn't count. Well, my argument would be was try and incorporate the exercise, but do it in a lower level, so you don't have to do it for. 45 minutes an hour or whatever 10 minutes go on mic for 10 minutes or whatever again that is also fine and don't don't put pressure on yourself to uh, go out and do these full workouts or whatever if you do, if you only feel like doing the five minutes then, then do the five minutes okay just try and make sure you just incorporate it and make it into a habit so um instead of having to go somewhere to the gym for example you could obviously think do things at home for example you might do a um, press-ups etc okay so stuff you can do at home and again, they don't have to be a long, long workout. It can just be um, a small one. And that can, because you've done something, it can make you feel a lot better. So trying to incorporate that once a day, no matter how long it is. And obviously, some things that start off as a small one, you'll end up getting motivation throughout and you'll end up getting longer anyway. That's the case with most things. Okay, another thing we can use in these times um, is, again, something people talk about, but this sort of bit taboo is, is meditation. And I've been quite a pioneer of this one. I, I, I've been doing it for a, quite a long time, only 10 years. And, yeah, if there's a lot of basically confusion about it, about it and how to use it. And I try and simplify meditation as, I guess, basically trying to control your mind. So... In meditation, people will think about basically people going on and sort of focusing on the breath. Well, that's all they're actually doing. So they're just focusing in, uh, showing their mind basically who's boss by every time their mind drifts off, they bring it back to the breath. So that's what they're doing. So they're, they're trying to let their mind wander and every time it wanders away, they bring it back to the breath because that's what they want to focus on. They want to focus on the breath, so they're trying to focus on it, and every time it wanders, they bring it back to the breath. So that's actually what they're doing, but I changed the concept, basically, and instead of focusing on the breath, I chose um, a happy memory. And I would sit down, and I would focus on a a particular happy memory, and every time the mind started to drift to something else that wasn't this happy memory, I brought it back to the happy memory. However, if it sort of gave me more happy memories then I would, I would sometimes let them flow. So I'd let them go into other happy memories because obviously I'm feeling good, so why would I not? But the second uh, um, I sort of realised, I go, right, okay, I'm now going to bring it back to the original happy memory. Then again, that's getting in control of my mind and showing it that that's what I'm thinking about and not letting it drift. So that's effectively what, what meditation is, is basically learning to control your thoughts so you're always going to get given thoughts to you uh, and it's up to you how you react to them. You can either choose to use them or you can choose to not use them. 
So if you get um, a helpful thought, like a suggestion, like an idea, you can choose to whether accept that idea or reject that idea. And it works the same with the negative ones as well. So you might get given a negative suggestion or um, something that hurts you, a thought from the past. And if you react to it, you're probably going to get more similar thoughts. Okay, And then it's going to end up in a little bit of a spiral. So you're choosing whether you react to that negative one or not. And that's how you control it is through meditation or one way. Okay, um, on to the next one is uh, being busy. So... A lot of people uh, struggle being productive and in these times if we have time to ourselves that's when often if you've not got control of your own mind then the doubts and the worries can sometimes come at you overload you and that's when you can start to start to spiral so keeping busy and keeping focus on on something something productive uh, can help keep those things away so things like writing lists and when people write lists, they think that everything on the list got to be very, very significant. Well, it doesn't have to be. You can write lists that are very, very, uh, the tasks are very small. So it might be put milk away. It might be put washing on, okay, tidy up. So whatever it might be, it's small, very small. So you can tick in lots and lots of little things. And that can change the way you look at it. Another thing you can do um, with lists is writing a reverse list. So you might do certain things throughout the day but you're not really giving yourself any credit. So at the end of the day, you could write down all the things that you have done, okay, and then tick it off. And again, that can be a better way of interpreting things and make you feel a lot better about yourself. And final one I've got down here is meal prep. So we know that if times are hard and you're eating loads and loads of crap, then the chances are, yeah, you might feel good for a couple of minutes while you're eating it, but then, as we know, it, it takes its toll and you, you don't feel good, basically. So trying to eat, obviously, as healthy as you can is great, but sometimes people have the motivation to do it for a day or two, and then it goes. But one thing you can do to sort of help continue the motivation is, is meal prep. So if you're making a healthy meal... Usually you'd only make it for yourself or your partner or whatever, so you, so you made enough for two. Well, if you do that same meal and, and make four, or five, six meals out of it and box them up and put them in a the freezer, then obviously as soon as you get, get home or whatever, you can then uh, defrost them and they're ready to go within five, ten minutes so you, you don't have to cook anymore. So you, you've already done it. And you can do that with several ones and before you know it, you've got four or five days worth of meals. If you do that once a week, then you're going to be eating a lot more healthier than if, as if you didn't do it, more than likely anyway. And that can obviously, we know, all know that if the health, when you're eating healthy, you're going to feel better, aren't you? So those are the ones I've got written down there, basically. But hopefully those, some of those will be able to help you. Um, difficult times for quite a lot of people at the moment and... It's important. I think self-care is one of the most overlooked things out there. I mean, if we can take care of ourselves, and obviously enables us to take care of others as well. And by doing these sort of little things, we um, it's gonna it's gonna help us get through these times as well, and obviously try and thrive. So, taking care of ourselves is so so important. I don't think that that should be overlooked. Okay, so, hopefully, uh, some of these have been helpful, and uh, thanks for listening.